Welcome to episode five of the March to the Arch podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the Southern Illinois Salukis and the Drake Bulldogs as part of the 2019-2020 season preview. How are we doing today, Bakes? We're good. We're excited. Uh, I'm personally excited because I get to hear you talk about your own team and you know, hopefully you get to answer some of the questions that I have about Southern Illinois going forward. Yeah, keep them, keep them coming. Keep me honest. Is it, going through this, has it started to, uh, was it a lot, I assume it was a lot easier for you to start going into it, but uh, are we feeling good about the Salukis this year? Um, we'll dive into it when we get there. Um, uh, let's just leave them on a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Okay. Um, so what's going on around the Valley? Uh, right now, just kind of looking forward to looking forward to actually starting to play some basketball. We're only a couple months out now, and it's just it's starting to get kind of get that itch. Thinking about the schedule, thinking about different uh, different early season games that some of our teams are playing in the valley. My favorite part about this time of year is I start getting like logistics happy. You know, I start looking at the schedule, um, the home and away. You know, do I need to submit some uh, PTO to leave work a little bit early to hit the road to make games? Uh, just the logistics side that gets me amped um, about this year, and uh, it, it just starts getting fun. I know I've been texting you a couple times, like, "Hey, you want to go to this game together?" You know, I know Southern's not playing, but I'll tag along if you want to go. Um, likewise, I, I know you've you've bounced a couple off me, but it's just kind of exciting to start planning now Should, that the schedule's set. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like for me, just thinking about like. Uh, the, the handful of home games that ISU has at the beginning of the year, I, w- I want to try to get to a couple of them maybe just to kind of see the team because, like, for me, I'm just so excited to start seeing, obviously, ISU. But in, in general, just, you know, getting on ESPN Plus and starting to watch some of these games from other teams in the Valley, seeing what we have, yeah. seeing what the other teams have. I love the ESPN Plus because that is a must-have resource for any Valley fan if they want to stay in tune to uh, live updates. Or, um, you know, it makes it easy from a cable perspective that you can cancel it pretty easy if you get uh, frustrated um, with said team as well. The one thing about it, like, I don't know if ESPN Plus is, like, the best, worst thing ever. It's, like, it's awesome that we have all these games there, but it's weird that we're actually paying for it. I know. Because with the tray, you didn't have to pay for it. I know. And now with the Plus, we're, we're paying for it, which is... I mean, five bucks a month. If you really care, you're going to get it. You're going to watch. But You know, uh, I might go a different way in that I'm paying it. So, you know what? I'm going to tune into Evansville, Indiana State on a random Wednesday night. So, it's funny. I was actually just going through, and I I was going through my phone pictures the other day, and I found a picture of a snap I took to you, and I sent it to you midseason. I was watching Valpo, Indiana State in the middle of the Valley season when both teams were, I think, under 500 at the time. And that's how dialed in we were <laughs> last year. So we were, we were looking at those picks, looking at where they go, and <laughs> that's the beauty of uh, of ESPN Plus. Is also you can do it on TV and on your phone, so you can you know have a little dual string going. Yep, yep. And it was always it's always a thing. And I've mentioned it before. My wife, anytime that I have to pull up the Roku and actually like plug it in to watch a game, <laughs> she's like. Are you doing all that again? Just watch the Redbirds. I was yeah. like, yes, I actually am. In our household, um, I've got a solid thing going where I'll have it on my phone, volume off, just watching random games while we're tuned into um, maybe another show. So um, usually, uh, to to make the wife happy, keep keep a different show on. Maybe it's The Office. Maybe it's a new season of uh, something else. But you know, just dial into uh, Mo Valley hoops on the on the phone. There you go. All right, so uh, I think you got an update on Drake. Yeah, so um, we're, what we're going to talk about today is uh, there's a little bit more information that has come out over the uh, Tramel Murphy situation. Um, 
So from from reading into the report, um, he uh, what happened was there was a gunshot that went through uh, and through a house or apartment. Not exactly sure. Um, it actually struck another student. Um, the student is still alive. Uh, he's in the hospital. Uh, from what we understand is um, Murphy's been charged with a misdemeanor count of false report to a public entity and discharging a firearm within the city. Um, sounds like it was an accidental deal. Um, obviously, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the student who was injured during the deal. Um, hopefully he's doing okay. Hopefully he continues to recover. Um, as for the statement from the university, it's kind of like your... Uh, you're running the mill kind of statement, just kind of uh, obviously sad to see what happened to the other student um, per the code of conduct. Um, it sounds like the dean of students is suspending him from the basketball team for now. It doesn't sound like it's, it's I think it's more of a while he's under investigation, he's suspended type of deal. Um, and he, from from all accounts, and I know, I know after, uh, I know you've talked to some Drake fans over the mm-hmm. last couple of days, um, it doesn't sound like he's a bad kid. Seems like an accident. Seems um, like uh, just accident that happened. An unfortunate uh, situation yeah. that just it went wrong. University's doing what they need to do from mm-hmm. a public affairs perspective, and um, I think probably most importantly, and we'll reiterate this when we get to the Drake section of the podcast, is that we're gonna build a lot of our analysis around the assumption that he will play this year. Yeah, no, and and that's the thing. I, uh, from what we've read and what we've looked into, it does sound like. It does sound like he is going to play. Whether or not Coach DeVries will, whether whether there's a suspension or what, um, it does sound like he is not going to, you know, completely miss the whole season. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we reserve the right to obviously change our mind there, but we want to at least get this out of the way before we did, dove into Drake, just to make sure to be respectful to the other student who was affected by it and anyone else involved. All right, so with that, let's uh, jump into the episode and dive into the Salukis and Drake. This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. All right, we are back here, and we are going to talk about the Southern Illinois Salukis and Vance. This is the time for you to dive into your alma mater. This is uh, so. Let's recap last season first off. Yeah, so um, this was one of the more frustrating seasons um, that I can recall. Um, I've said expectations probably about a hundred times on this podcast already, but I had pretty high expectations for this Saluki team. You know, they did finish, they finished with the three seed at Arch Madness. Uh, they were 10 and eight uh, in conference. Um, we had the players, I mean, we had Kavion Pippen, we had Armand Fletcher, Sean Lloyd. I mean, those are double digits guys um, in points um, a game. It was it was a frustrating year to be a fan of the Salukis. Yeah, no, and I mean, it, I think it all. I think the main thing that that comes out of last season was 
Uh, you had you had a, you had decent stretches where it felt like the team was kind of coming together. Yep. Um, it very much m- not mirrored, but it kind of kind of came along like ISU schedule as well last year or for last year. Both teams high expectations, but just didn't live up to it. You, however, did win enough games at the end to at least get the three seed at Arch Madness, mm-hmm. and it felt like you had some momentum going into Arch Madness, and then you just ran into a brick wall playing Northern Iowa. I mean, we had three straight wins in the season. Um, we won five of our last. Um, seven. I mean, it looked really good going into Arch Madness, and then it all fell apart. You know, that game was blood pressure was high and low, and um, it was just kind of a topsy turvy game. Um, it, it was just, from my perspective, a um, an unfortunate ending to the Barry Henson um, coaching career in the Valley. I could feel the tension from that night in St. Louis. From home, so I'm sitting at home. I'm not with Vance. Vance is actually at the game, and I could feel the tension from you, without talking to you. Just I could tell, like I knew how the game was going, and it just was the end of it. it just it was oh, a, it was the end of an era. Um, unfortunately, some Saluki fans um, kind of left a bad taste with uh, Barry Henson. Um, there was, I mean, there was fans, Saluki fans get into it with each other. There was uh, <laughs> booing on the court. It was just not a good scene. Was that just the last game though? But didn't wasn't that kind of brewing a little bit? Oh, I mean, the it had been brewing all year. It had been brewing since the. Wasn't there a guy with a sign in the crowd? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there's just it's been brewing for a long time. Sure. Um, I just want to think about, or I want to stop thinking about last season. But unfortunately, um, I loved watching Armand Fletcher. I loved Pippen, uh, Sean Lloyd, DJ up all the time. Hey, I would so always, much fun I would always watch. tell you how yes. much I love Sean. I know. Lloyd. So I'm so sick for those guys that they left um, wearing the sleek colors in that way. And so let's leave that season where it is. For sure, for sure. But now we are we're turning the page. Brian Mullins is stepping in as the new head coach here at Southern Illinois. Uh, for just just from my perspective, before we talk, before you give me all the info, um, I think it's obviously a home run. We've talked about it before. Uh, he's out of he's from Downers Grove, Illinois, so uh, he he knows the state of Illinois for recruiting purposes. Obviously, coaching at Loyola with Porter Mosier for the last six seasons. Um, the the main thing with him though is he's a former Saluki player from 05 to 09. He was a part of the Sweet 16 team. He has that defensive-minded uh, coaching style mm-hmm. that I think is going to you're kind of bringing back to that time period. People remember the floor burn you uh, yeah. back in the day uh, under Coach Lowry that uh, Brian played for. And the, uh, Baker, there's a lot of excitement right now uh, for Saluki fans. Um, I said in the first episode, the Native Sons coming back. Um, he epitomizes what it is to be a Saluki basketball player in my mind. We're hard-nosed, play D. Um, he's a good guy. I mean, in school, he was a 4.0 finance major. I mean, he's just something I hope um, players coming in strive to be, and he'll give that example to um, th- those recruits. Sure, no, two-time uh, ac- academic All-American. I mean, that's the kind of thing you want in your head coach. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get the most out of your uh, out of your players on and off the court. Um, let's so let's dive into uh, dive into this year's schedule. Uh, yeah, before we get though, I, I want to kind of round out the coaching staff just because it's kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so we talked about Brian Mullins and brought in his brother um, Brendan Mullins um, from the Redbirds. Um, was was Brendan the number one assistant um, for Dan, or one or two? So he was one of the, the main assistants there. Sure, sure. Um, so 
he has a 12-year coaching career. Um, ISU, he was at UIC, uh, Illinois, Chicago, Wright State, and Green Bay. Fun fact with the Mullins, um, their dad actually is the owner or head coach of the Illinois Wolves AAU program. Oh. And so that is um, a lot of the recruiting pipeline that the Redbirds have likely um, you know, is fruit benefited from, and hopefully the Salukis will into the future. So um, there are some AAU connections there. Um, so I want to touch base on that, and then we have uh, Pat Monahan, 11-year uh, coaching career, and he was most recently at um, Milwaukee, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. But a really interesting uh, person that's going to be on the bench that I wanted to bring oh boy. up. Oh, boy. Um, it, only a graduate assistant, but <laughs> Tony Wills is going to be on the Saluki bench, uh, former Redbird player. I, I just I love it when you see um, other, uh, especially Redbirds, on the Saluki bench. Oh, the, when, I, when you told me that and I looked into it, I was like, at first, I was like, well, you know, really good for Tony because he's a great guy. But at the same point, it's like, oh, he's not on the ISU bench. He's on the Southern <laughs> bench. I, can't, I don't think you could come up with a – for a head coach that has a defensive-minded, you know, a defensive-minded coaching style to bring in someone like a Tony Wills is going mm-hmm. to absolutely – because the thing is, on a graduate assistant like that, he's actually going to get on the floor and play with the, oh, play with the team. So a guy like that's going to be just so good to have out there. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's likely where they – why they brought him in. All right, so yeah, let's jump into the non-con. Um, one I'm excited about, uh, they're, they're starting off in the Sunshine Slam. It's down in Florida. I'm actually planning on attending, so I'm pretty excited about going going to that. The field is not that great. Um, no, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. This is probably, so you know, we talked about uh, how Missouri State's schedule was <laughs> one that Doug Elgin would probably want to send out to all the other ADs. This is probably not that schedule with Southern Illinois. Um, you, you still got the game at Missouri. Um, you got your game against SLU, which I, you guys play them every year, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, yep. pretty much every year. Um, Murray State apparently is on year. about – the thing about Murray State, they, I think they're on like seven schedules. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a, re, a decent regional rivalry for uh, the Salukis, and we play them every year. And how far – Murray, Kentucky to Carbondale, that's not – Hour 45, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a doable road game to go to. Other than that, I mean, it's uh, – you – it's not the worst thing you've seen, but it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not. You're not excited. You see the Sunshine Slam. I. I. Since you're starting the season with the Sunshine Slam, I'd love to hear your take on this. Since this, that's where you start your season. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that the field's not terribly right, yes, good. I yeah. think that's a good thing for you guys. Yeah. Because I think that starting the season, if you have a defensive team, I think that you're going to do better because yeah. you might not necessarily have to get it going scoring wise absolutely the um it is a mid-major heavy with delaware oakland and ut san antonio in there um just we need a bunch of games in a short amount of time with this new team because the cupboard was is pretty bare going into this season um, from a roster perspective so i'm excited they're gonna get a lot of experience quick and yeah you're not gonna we're not starting at kentucky like we did last year where you know with this um roster we might um, not have stuck in it like we did last year yeah no I and I think that I think that pretty much sums it up for them this year you know try to get some as many wins as you can before you head into uh, Valley play um, looking at the roster as you were talking about uh, I'll, I'll I'll dive into what you're losing this year I mean obviously you lost a head coach but you're also lost uh, KV on Pippen Armand Fletcher Sean Lloyd Marcus Brantley Teak Bowl Darius being like these are guys who play they Logged a lot of minutes, logged yep. a lot of points. I mean, you're losing a ton. I mean, Fletcher, second-team All-NVC. Pippen, yep. third-team All-NVC, all-defensive. Sean Lloyd, all-defensive. I mean, this is 
This you is your yeah. You lost a lot. Um, the two guys that I noticed, uh, uh, the one well, I guess one guy, Aaron Cook, is one player that I've always kind of been a fan of. Yep. He, he's one of those guys that uh, he does a lot of things you want. He's a very he seems like a pretty smart guy out on the court. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of the good things that you want him to do. So I guess talk a little bit. I, I don't want to deep dive into this because I know you know more about than I do but what what about the new roster actually excites you yeah so I just I'm very excited for what Brian was able to do on a short amount of time um, we know that um, Aaron Cook who you mentioned but then Eric McGill they're gonna um, uh, harness a lot of the the getting these new guys into um, the Sluki mentality and uh, I know Brian's gonna have shoulder the bulk of that responsibility um, but it's just I I don't want to focus on the last year's roster but there's so many just points and scoring that is just not returning so where does it come from who I'm excited about is we have Mizzou um, transfer Ronnie Suggs he'll be a senior uh, that's coming in that uh, by all accounts I'm sure he's going to start um, We have Barrett Benson, who was on the Northwestern NCAA tournament team, um, likely going to start as well. So very excited about two big-time transfers from Power 5 schools that come in that will have experience and will be able to contribute right away. Um, Very excited about that. Um, And then, you know, we have a a Nebraska uh, transfer in Carrington Davis that's coming in. So we have some big-time, big program transfers, uh, either Mm -hmm. using their graduate transfer um, or just coming after redshirting. Yeah, no, and I think I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it does come back to uh, with all these transfers, um, McGill and Cook, the two guys that are coming back. I think that it is going to be extremely important early on for Brian Mullins for those two to buy in. Yes, absolutely. very quickly because I would think those are the two guys you're looking up to. Yeah, because I mean those are the two, for lack of a better term, left over from the Henson regime. You exactly. know, everything else pretty much turned over. You know, I do want to point out Brennan Gooch is still on the roster. He played some minutes last year and should contribute this year as well. But really, um, you know, it's also kind of a pro for Mullins is that it's you're not having a lot of people on the roster that are in the old system, so you can build it up pretty quickly and get people bought in, hopefully quickly, that you won't have any you know, disseminating votes out there you know, that could spoil the team morale. No, and Aaron Cook's the kind of guy that you like to have on a team, a uh, good guard that's just going to um, at least kind of, when you're in those tough situations, especially when you're playing in the Valley against other really good guards, he's going to be the kind of guy to, to kind of settle the tone down a little bit. Uh, especially we can get in those close games in the Missouri Valley. So, I guess putting a bow on Southern Illinois. Where are you? Where are you at with them this year in the in the standings? I mean, are you yeah. are you high on them? I yeah. T- so I'm, I'm excited about this team just with who's coming. It's I'm going to have to learn a ton of new names. Um, one, you know, I do want to point out is Marcus uh, Domask from Wisconsin. Um, he, he he's going to be a freshman that might start. He was a 2019 um, Mr. Wisconsin ba- or basketball uh, player. So we're pretty excited that we were able to get you know the number one player coming out of the state. You always mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, so it's just more of it's a rebuild um, with some um, targeted transfers. Um, how do we replace the scoring that we're losing? I don't know because I figure Brian Mullins is going to play defense. I know he's going to play defense, but how do we score points to win? Um, and then also, you know, we're pretty guard heavy. Um, we don't have a ton of height, um, so we'll just which is okay in the valley. Like most valley teams are guard heavy, but you mm-hmm. do want to see some height there. Uh, we do have a transfer um, from Serbia, uh, about a seven footer that's coming in. So. You know, we have a little bit of height, but I'm knowing what I know now. Um, 
I would foresee being in attendance in Maroon on Thursday night of Arch Madness, cheering on the Salukis. Um, all indications are that's going to happen. Um, but I'm excited. As a fan, I'm just so excited for Mullins to, to come in and watch them play. And there's just excitement around the program. So if we're just looking in the mirror, or just if we're looking at this season only, um, you know, I, it is what it is. We're likely going to be in the bottom half of the Valley. But from what this program is going to achieve in the future, there's a ton of excitement here. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that I, I hold the same sentiment. It's, I, from the outsider's perspective, I really like you going forward. Uh, maybe after this year, but this year you're probably a Thursday team. Yep, and I think that's fair. On today's Deep in the Valley, we're going to take a closer look at the two teams we covered today, Drake and Southern Illinois. In 1969, the Drake Bulldogs made the Final Four. In the semifinal, they lost to John Wooden-led UCLA Bruins 82 to 85. In the third place game that they played at the time, they beat the University of North Carolina. For Southern Illinois, they're the only Missouri Valley team to win three straight Arch Madness titles in 1993, 94, and 95. These teams were led by coach Rich Heron. This has been Deep in the Valley. All right, let's dive into the Drake Bulldogs. And second year coach, uh, Darren DeVries. Uh, last year, they were MVC co-regular season champions. Uh, the, due to the tiebreaker, they were the number two seed at Arch Madness. They finished the conference season 12 and six and 23 and eight overall. Uh, let's recap last year um, with the Drake Bulldogs, Biggs. Yeah, no, um, Drake Bulldogs uh, last year just Exceeded everybody's expectations. They were uh, they were kind of the darlings of the valley last year, where they came out of seemingly nowhere. Um, at yep. least I wasn't aware of how good they were going to be last year, um, and just really came in and played some great great basketball. Um, in the non conference, they were I mean eleven and two. Yeah, uh, ran into some trouble with uh, Nick Norton going down, and then you know what, uh, Darren DeVries, uh, he was the coach of the year in the Missouri Valley for a reason because yep. he rallied the troops. And to finish as a co-champion, dealing with everything he had to, was one of the most remarkable coaching jobs I've seen in years in the Missouri Valley. I was, I thought they were just one of the, I think they were one of the most impressive teams. Guys, guys like Nick McGlynn, who it just felt like was just another guy in the Valley, just had mm -hmm. such a coming out party in his senior year. I don't know your thoughts. I, I thought that I was so impressed with Drake last year. I was um, too, because you look at the uh, MVC regular season, and they started off uh, one and four. I mean, they had, um, they didn't start very well, but then they just went on a tear, and they really um, they didn't really get blown out um, in very many games, which is always a good indicator. But yeah, uh, I'm I with think you. they had the, they had two games where the, there were, there was two games in the middle of the season where you thought that the wheels may come off, and this was where I was kind of like at that point where I was like, oh man, maybe we're gonna see what Drake was supposed to be because they had the game at home against Illinois State where Illinois State just ran them off. And then they had the game at Loyola where they also got beat pretty good. But then after that, then they finished the season winning six out of seven. Yep. And they were just rolled right into Arch Madness. And you just forget that was his first year. Like, I, I mean, I know. I, you just don't see that. You know, as, as a Saluki fan who will have a coach in his first year, um, that <laughs> this would is be, what you're this, hoping for. Yes, uh, Drake was in a little bit of a different situation. Um, but 
uh, yeah, that's what you want out of your uh, first year head coach. No, and they, you know what, they ran into a little bit of uh, bad luck at Arch Madness. Played Northern Iowa just as tough yeah. as anybody. I mean, that's just. <laughs> It just feels like every time you look at these scores from Arch Madness, gosh, where every every game was with two or three points, they 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 were uh, the reason for ruining my Friday night uh, in the first round at Arch Madness when they beat Illinois State, and then they they did run in Northern Iowa, lost sixty to fifty eight in the in the semifinals of Arch Madness, but uh, they actually did play in a postseason tournament, which uh, uh, not the not the best result that you'd want. Uh, they went out to Southern Utah and they lost in overtime, eighty to seventy three. Uh, it's it's probably not the the way you wanted to end the season, but at twenty four and ten for last year going going in, you weren't expecting that. No way, right? And so looking at uh, you know we talked about McGlynn leaving. Uh, let's look at the roster this year. Yeah, well, the, the the roster this year is it's so there so you're losing a lot, but you also got a lot of players that are coming back because it felt like this is one of those things that. It kind of felt like a, a similar north to a Northern Iowa situation. There were so many contributing players, and you know you're losing McGlynn, you're move, losing Ellingson, and you're losing Norton. Norton, who I mean, he got some bad luck. He was denied eligibility for that last year, um, but you also you still have Wilkins, the Murphy twins, um, Noah Thomas, who I think is, I think Noah Thomas is an X factor for this team going forward. If he takes that next step, I think. I think he is going to be really one of the really the key players in Missouri Valley this year. He is one of those guys that, as an Illinois State fan, I cannot stand when my team is going up against him because he's kind of got that pest mentality mm-hmm. to him. Yep. But he also just does some of those things that you need on a Valley team. Um, this is this is a really good team. I, I'm extremely high on him. DJ Wilkins, I think is, yeah. um, I think he's going to be the guy. Obviously, uh, him and the Murphy twins are, are those are those are your main three guys with Thomas. The one thing about him is. Um, the one thing about DJ Wilkins, I, I think that he he's definitely gonna be in the discussion for preseason first team. I think that he's that good. Uh, he was an all freshman player last year. Yep. I think that he needs to take that next step. Kind of a, kind of like the AJ Green situation. He needs to take that next step yep. as a sophomore. Um, we don't know the situation with Tremel Murphy yet, but um, assuming that he will be playing for them, uh, he's a ten point ten point a game scorer. Uh, him and Anthony Murphy is a, is a, almost a seven point a game score as well as Noah Thomas. Uh, a lot really to like about this team. Yep. Um, th- my biggest takeaway and what this team will have to face coming into this year is that um, they don't have McGlynn who goes out there and gets all the points. They, it was it, it was a team of role players with McGlynn at the lead, you know, taking taking a lot of the crucial shots and getting the scoring done. Mm-hmm. So how will these role players? Uh, would it be Wilkins, you know, the Murphy twins, um, Noah Thomas? How will they react when one of them has to step up and be the guy? Yeah, so there, there's two players that I actually haven't mentioned yet that I'm that I I think are going to be huge factors for this team: Liam Roberts, Brady Ernst. Uh, those are your two big guys that are going to have to. One of them is going to have to at least somewhat uh, fill that void from Nick McGlynn. Um, whether it is as a combination of the two, or uh, Brady Ernst, is, who's a lot of people think might start, we're not really sure. He's a he's coming over from Iowa State and Florida Gulf Coast. Didn't score a lot, only four and a half points a game at Florida Gulf Coast, but um, he's got at least a little bit of uh, background around him. I I really liked Liam Roberts last year, and I don't remember if you if you remember a ton about him, Vance, but I loved watching him play because even when, when McGlynn went down in, the, in Arch Madness, he came in and was giving good minutes. I mean, he was a guy who, especially against the Illinois State and against Illinois State and as well against Northern Iowa, he came and gave minutes. 
Um, he not he's not gonna he's not gonna blow you away with scoring, but he did. He showed signs that he he might have something there. Yeah, but I think it just goes back to that whole role player uh, mentality. Who's going to step up? Um, and we'll see this year. I know uh, there are a couple freshmen coming in that they're pretty high on uh, Joseph Yosefu and uh, specifically Nate Ferguson. You know, I think they're um, they they have promise on this team and. Uh, might get a couple minutes here and there too. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those rosters. I just, I I feel like there's so many guys that are just like any one of these guys can take off, and it just feels like a. It's a balanced team. It's, if, but it's a higher quality balanced team yeah. than compared to a lot of the Valley teams, and it's just, and and I think seeing what Dan DeVries or Darren DeVries did last year, I I'm going to give him a lot of respect that he can make this work too. Yep. What's his background? I forgot where he is, um, where so, he came from. So he was actually an assistant at Creighton for, from 01 to 2018 under uh, both Dane Altman and Greg McDermott. So he's got that, he, he came over from Creighton, and this was actually, uh, this was his first job. Oh. Which is awesome. So obviously he comes from uh, two Great coaches language. that I think both of us obviously feel pretty high on. Um, it, the thing about, the, the Drake situation is so interesting because You've had so many coaches over the last handful of years where you had last year DeVries, who was 20, 24 and 10. Before that, it was Nico Medved, who got him to 17 and 17, got a little bit of buzz, got you in the 4 or 5 game at Arch Madness. Uh, that might have been more because of Timmer, maybe, mm-hmm. than Nico yeah. Medved. But um, he, he bails after a year, goes to Colorado State. Uh, but th- before that was Ray Giacolotti, who was there for four years. Um, and he didn't have very much success. But it does feel like even, I mean, I, I'm not going to totally shoot down uh, Nico Medved, but it does feel like DeVries is kind of just building. And it's, yep. it, feels like, it feels like you're now on the uptick. Because it, like, it doesn't feel like this team could take a step back. Right. Like, I think there's too much quality here. And it's just interesting that, well, he was at Creighton for so long, and then he jumps to a Valley team. You know, is it because he knows the Valley um, and wanted to get back in that atmosphere because that's maybe where he was recruited. Well, he was he was he played at Northern Iowa. Okay, so he played at Northern Iowa from ninety four ninety eight. Um, he was on those those teams back in the day with uh, Jason Daisy, and that was a really good Northern Iowa team um, during the time when Illinois State back when they were actually good. Uh, that's the only reason I probably remember <laughs> that. Um, but he's actually from Iowa, okay. so he's and I, one thing that I I actually went back and I looked into a little bit about when he was hired at Drake. And I remember uh, when I saw part of his press conference, there was a clipping of it. Um, he felt like he was home, mm-hmm. and it, and that's and that's kind of a and that's one thing that it doesn't feel like Drake made this hire thinking, oh, we're hiring somebody, and then he there's there's Nico Medved going yeah. out the door, there's Keno Davis going out the door. Like this yeah. feels like a guy who actually wants to be there. He wants to build something. Yep, and that's what and. Uh, in the valley, we salivate over those coaches. You know, uh, Re, um, Ben Jacobson, uh, you and I. You know, he's home in the valley, and hopefully, it'll work out for Drake. I know uh, um, they're they're going to be good this year. I mean, they're going to be. Where do you think they end up? Yeah. So no, I think I think the big question with them is 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 do they take do they continue to stay in that top half of the valley? I personally do. I think they're definitely a top half of the valley valley. Um, I really think that the, by the end of this, I think something, uh, I think an interesting uh, comparison throughout this year to kind of see how they do side by side are the two Iowa teams, Drake and Northern Iowa. I really, yeah. I think the competition is going to be really stiff there because I feel like they're right there in that maybe second tier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but not necessarily so far out of the first tier. I think that they both can compete to, for that. This yep. is. I feel like this is a team that's that ceiling is winning the valley. Yeah, and they're in that like top six mix because there's so much parity within that top six. I think this is a very good team, and I would have them in my top half for sure. Good. All right. Well, um, anything more to add with Drake? No, I think we covered it. All right. This has been episode five of the March to the Arch podcast, where we broke down the Salukis and the Drake Bulldogs. Uh, Baker, what's in store for the championship, the champions episode? Maybe let's call it that. Well, yeah, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be down on Drake because they were a co-champion, but we're going with the number one seed and the yep. champion of Arch Madness for our final episode. It will be the Loyola Ramblers and it will be the Bradley Braves. Yeah, we're looking forward to them. You know, we've had a lot of great interaction um, on the social media uh, pages and through the mailbag. Uh, let's remind them where they can find us, and then we'll recap some of our interactions this week. Yeah, the marcharchmailbag at gmail.com. A lot of people have sent in their information on, uh, you know, just the things they like about the show, things they don't, things things that... that just things to talk about, and and I loved I loved the interactions that we had this yeah. week. I had some great interactions with uh, some Drake fans this week. You know, it's just fun, just kind of going back and forth while I'm sitting on the couch this weekend, just talking Valley hoops. It was great, so I appreciate those um, those fans that uh, emailed us. Yeah, no, and and one thing that that Mance and I are going to try to pride ourselves on doing, you know, if you reach out to us, we're going to try to get back to you. I Absolutely, mean, it's, it's it's not just you're not just sending it to a nameless, faceless email. You're actually sending it to us, and we'll get back to you. Um, obviously, on Twitter at March Arch Pod at March Arch Baker, uh, keep tweeting at us. Uh, you know, definitely uh, spread the word about the show because uh, the more people that listen, the better it is. Uh, the more people get involved in the conversation. I know, especially during the regular season, Vance, you and I uh, will be will be tweeting and stuff during yeah. games. We'll be interacting with with the fans of the show and fans of the Missouri Valley in general. So. Yep. Um, yeah, keep we're better going. as a, we're better as a conference when we're together in this nature and um, you know socializing, talking through hoops, whether it be on social media or on the message boards. Um, you know, thanks to you know we look through those every once in a while. Uh, Sluky Insider. Um, yeah, shout out to them for help promoting and as well as all the other message boards around to around um, and helping us to promote the show. Uh, you can contact us on there as well. We're we're, we're monitoring that as well. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, we're not very active on those, but it's something we look through because we're interested in what fans think. Exactly, because I know that we have a lot of threads on different boards, and a lot of them are kind of having conversation around what we're saying on here, which is great. That's what we want. And, you know, a lot of times you might not agree with what's said, or a lot of times you do. It's, it's, that's the beauty of it. Yep. All right. Well, um, with that, that this has been Episode 5 of the 2019-2020 Missouri Valley Conference basketball season. And with that, I'll say go Valley. Start talking about the valley. Why not?